The following is a sermon from the Vicar and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. Our gospel lesson this morning comes from Luke chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore and left everything and followed him. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. I don't think this started out as a very good day for Peter. And and this is Peter, the Apostle Peter in this story, who, who Luke for the first time uses that name Peter in this story. But the rest of the time, he's called Simon. But I'm going to call him Peter because that's who we know him as. But I don't think this started out as a good day for Peter. Because Peter was a fisherman. And that meant that Peter's well-being, Peter's livelihood, was based on how many fish he had caught. And he had just got done working all night and hadn't caught a single fish. Um, I used to have a summer job as working on a fishing boat in Alaska. And I did that for about five years. So I can tell you from personal experience, this is about the worst feeling you can have as a professional fisherman. You worked all night and have nothing to show for it. So now Peter and these other fishermen are sitting there cleaning their gear, uh, cleaning their nets, picking out all the stuff that besides fish that got caught in the nets. But they're listening to Jesus preach. And and Peter knew who this Jesus guy was that was preaching. He knew that he was an incredible preacher because he had heard Jesus in Capernaum preach at the synagogue. And then Jesus had even come to his house and and healed his mother-in-law and healed many other people in his house. Peter knew that this Jesus person was a big deal. So, So even if he was having a bad day, at least he was getting to hear Jesus preach again. See, Jesus knew that he was about to call Peter. Jesus knew that this was going to be a life-changing day for Peter. 
But Peter didn't know that. So Peter was here listening to the word of God. When, when Jesus comes up to him and says, hey, Peter, could you take me out in the boat? It'll be easier to preach out in the water, and you'll have the sound. It'll be easier for people to hear me and pe easier for people to see me. Peter was listening anyway, so he takes Jesus out in this boat, and Jesus teaches the people. But I don't think Peter knew quite yet who it was that was in the boat with him. So after Jesus finishes preaching to the crowd, Jesus is not done teaching for the day. Because he's about to test Peter a little bit. He, he tells Peter, all right, I'm done preaching, so let's go out over there into the deep water and let down, our net, let down your nets, and we're going to do some fishing. Now, Peter's very polite in the way that he responds to Jesus. He obviously has a ton of respect for Jesus, but I can only imagine what was going through his mind. First of all, I've been up all night fishing, and we haven't caught anything. And Jesus, you are a great preacher. You're, you're, you're a great teacher. But this fisherman thing, that's what I do. And, and this is what I know. I know we always fish at night because that's when the fish are swimming around. And we don't usually fish in the deep water because the fish will just swim right under our nets. And, and not to mention all that, we just got done cleaning all our nets for the day. I was kind of looking forward to that nap. But that's not what Peter says. Peter tells Jesus. But he does voice his concern. He says, Master. He uses this term of respect for Jesus. Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. See, Peter still didn't understand who it was that was in the boat. So you could just imagine these fishermen as Peter tells them, all right, we're going to go fishing again. The eye rolls that he must have gotten. And so they cast these nets out, these empty nets, fully expecting them to come back into the boat completely empty. But then something miraculous happens. They catch such a large number of fish. And that's how the scriptures describe it. But this must have been an incredible amount of fish to get the reaction that it did out of these fishermen. I can only imagine the joy that Peter felt after making no money that day to see the nets sink because it was so full of fish. So, so you can imagine the screams of joy as they're trying to pull these fish into the boat. And, and this is a dirty job. As soon as those fish come out of the water, you're getting sprayed. It's full of all this slime, and you're gross from head to toe. But the fishermen are excited because they're going to be making money, this incredible catch of fish. Then those screams of joy turn into a little bit of panic as they realize they can't get all these fish in the boat. So they call over the other boat, come and help us, come and help us. So this other boat comes out, and they try to get all these fish in the, in, into the boat. But the boats start to sink. So it's this mixture of joy and a little bit of panic, because now they're out in this deep water, and the boats are actually sinking. So Peter recognizes that this is miraculous. But I don't think it clicks for him right away about what that means about who Jesus was. I, I bet in Peter's head, he was already pitching like he was, or thinking about how he was going to pitch to Jesus like he was on Shark Tank or something. Listen, I have a business opportunity for you, Jesus. I'm going to do the fishing. You bring the crowds. You preach to them. We're going to catch a ton of fish, and then we'll have plenty of people to sell the fish to. This is foolproof. But as Jesus, or as Peter turns and looks at Jesus, 
with a smile on his face, it all of a sudden clicked for him who Jesus is. And that smile disappears. Peter recognizes that the only one who can control, control creation like this, with this miraculous catch of fish, is God. And Peter's just a fisherman, but he's a Jew. He knew who God was. He knew that this was the God who created the world, the God who commands the armies of heaven, the God who above all else is holy and just. And that's when Peter realizes what that means for him. Because Peter knows himself. He, he knows I'm a sinner. I, I know all the things I've done wrong. And now I'm standing before God. This is when Peter changes how he addresses Jesus. Because as Peter falls down in this moment of despair, in, in the, he falls down to his knees in the water and all these fish in front of Jesus. And he says, get, or he says, go away from me. I am a sinful man. And Peter this time addresses Jesus, not as master, but as Lord. Peter understands who this is and what it means for him. And so it's this moment of, of absolute despair where Peter's guilt catches up to him. He realizes that he can't be standing in the presence of God. So he says, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. Have you ever been where Peter is right now in this story? Do you know what it means to stand, to stand before God? See, there can be a lot of times as we, as we continue reading about Peter throughout the Bible where he, where he speaks without thinking and kind of ends up putting his foot in his mouth a little bit. But this isn't one of those times. Peter's reaction was spot on. It, it's the same reaction that people have to the presence of God. Earlier in the reading before, we heard about Isaiah. Had the same reaction, realizing that he's an unclean person. He can't be before God. It's this realization that happens. It's the only reaction that we can have when we recognize our sinfulness and what that sinfulness means. Because God is holy. He has nothing to do with sin. In fact, God hates sin. It's the reason we can't be face to face with God. And, and, and we all confessed it at the beginning of the service during the confession. We said, I deserve your wrath and punish, your wrath or your punishment both now and forever. That's the punishment that our sins deserve eternal separation from God. But but, and, and we can even try, we can try to convince ourselves that, well, I'm not the worst person I know. There's other people worse from me. But, but at the end of the day, that doesn't fix the problem. It doesn't fix our relationship between God, us who can't stand before God. So, and, and then our life is filled with this guilt. This, this guilt that can lead us to have that same reaction as Peter, that, that get away from me, Lord, I'm a sinner. Because we hear God's law and what it says, we see all the ways that we fail, and we say, I don't want to hear that. I, out of sight and out of mind. I don't need to hear how I'm a sinner. But that doesn't solve the problem either. Because that sin is still there. 
And now Jesus is about, and this was the same thing that, that Peter recognized. He can't be before God. And now it's a little different for us because we're not standing face to face with Jesus in a boat. But someday we will come face to face with him. On the last day where he sits as judge. And our whole life will be laid out before him. If this was the end of the story, it would just be a moment that fills us with absolute dread and absolute fear. Because P Jesus is going to call Peter and these, and these other fishermen to follow him. But how can we follow God, how can we follow Jesus if we can't even be in his presence? That's what makes Jesus' next words so incredible. Jesus says to Peter, do not be afraid. And, and it's such a short, simple statement. It, it would be easy to kind of pass over. But there is so much packed into those words. Do, that, do not be afraid. Because Jesus knew Peter was a sinner. Just like Jesus knows that we are sinners. Jesus knew that Peter was never going to be able to stand in front of God. He knew the problem that was between God and man, that sin had separated us. But that's why Jesus was here on earth. That's why Jesus was in that boat with Simon. He wanted to tell him, do not be afraid. Jesus came to fix that problem. Jesus came to make it so that we could stand in God's presence. Jesus wasn't going to leave Peter alone here. He wasn't going to get away from Peter. But Jesus would be abandoned. Jesus was going to understand what it meant to, to have God leave him when he suffered hell on the cross in our place. But he did it all because he loved you. And, and that's what he wanted, wants you to know. This was the punishment that Jesus was going to face for us. So that when Jesus says, do not be afraid, it's do not be afraid. Your sins are forgiven. Do not be afraid. I have paid the full price. Do not be afraid. Your place in heaven is secure. Do not be afraid. Because now when God looks at you, he doesn't see your sin. He sees my righteousness. Do not be afraid. And this is the same Jesus that now is going to ask Peter to follow him. It's the same Jesus, our loving Savior, that asks us to follow him and gives us a job to do. He tells Peter, you are going to, from now on, you are going to catch men. It's as surprising as this miraculous catch of fish was, it might even be more surprising that Jesus was now going to use these fishermen to spread this gospel message throughout the world. Maybe it seems surprising to you that Jesus is going to use us to spread this message around the world. But the reason that we can do this, the reason that, that the message that Peter and these apostles were going to share was, because, was the love that Jesus had shown them. The love that meant that now we could, the relationship between God and man was fixed and we could stand before God once again the message that he speaks to us through his word. It's this message that now we have to share with the rest of the world. 
Well, here it is. This is the moment for Peter. This is that life-changing moment. And, and Peter, after this, and, and these other fishermen, they're going, they're, they're in this moment of, or, well, Peter's in this moment of his despair. And that's when Jesus gives him a job to do. And Peter and these fishermen are going to leave their boats behind on the shore. They're going to leave this incredible catch that they had that would have made them plenty of money. It would have been awesome, but they leave it behind. Because instantly, Peter gets a whole new perspective on life. All of a sudden, the most important thing in his life is following Jesus. And he leaves everything else behind. Well, Jesus invites us to follow him. So what's that thing in your life that you need to leave behind? What's that thing in your life that gets in between your relationship with Jesus? That's a really personal question, and I'm sure it's different for each and every one of us. And, and I'm not going to stand up here today and say, after this sermon, you should go home, sell everything but your Bible so that you can follow Jesus. But I think it's useful to see the example of these men. After they had heard these words from Jesus, their only priority, their, their, the way they identified themselves were as followers of Jesus. They were no longer fishermen. They were fishers of men, but now they were believers who followed Jesus. That became their priority, to share this message. And it's the same message that we have to share, this message that our sins are forgiven, the message that there is peace between God and man, the message that, that tells the world, do not be afraid. You have a Savior that loves you. That's what it means to follow Jesus. Amen.